Welcome to Design in Confidence, hosted by me, Stefano Berucci Sessa. I'm a creative coach, speaker, and facilitator. Design in Confidence is a podcast for designers, innovators, creative leaders, or just anyone who wants to change. I will share learnings, tips, and reflections on how mindfulness and design can build creative confidence, improve emotional intelligence, and manage mental health. This episode is about what I wish I knew on how portfolios and CV affect mental health. In confidence, in my career, I had moments when my portfolio made me feel lost and stuck. I was looking at it a little bit like the queen in Snow White. Portfolio, portfolio on the wall. Am I a good designer? And the portfolio was answering. Many bad projects I see. You will never get the role you want to be. All these made me feel insecure about my past and insecure about all the steps I need to take next in my career. If this ever happened to you, maybe not with the weird voices, you might find useful how my CV and my portfolio made me feel less insecure, but also how when I learned how to be in control of them, built my creative confidence. As designers, we are really lucky because our industry requires portfolios. This means that we can showcase our projects, our work, and show others what we have done. A few other careers have something similar, but most of them have CVs and resumes. Our mistake is to think about them only when we need to apply for new jobs. But what I learned is that they are much more than that. There are a way to be grateful of what we have done, be mindful of who we are, I be mindful of who we want to become. In confidence, I learned that because I spent four years of my career without updating my portfolio and my CV. That because I was doing a job where most of the clients and the projects were under confidentiality, but also I was just happy about the job. Or at least I thought I was happy. But most of all, I didn't want to give the impression by updating my portfolio online that I was looking for a job and that would have created me a problem with my employee. This is probably one of the biggest regrets of my career. Because then, after four years, I've decided to leave and become a freelancer. Also by leaving behind visual design and start to focus on becoming a UX designer. And when that happened, I look back to those four years of projects. Most of them were really, really bad. And most of them were not aligned with who I wanted to be. They were mainly visual design projects, not UX projects. And this brought me to feel that I wasn't good enough and made me feel that I wasn't able to change career, both as a freelancer and as a UX designer. I was scared, insecure, and anxious. After resigning for the first time in my life from a job to become a freelancer and without any clients lined up, I felt I had just jumped from a diving board, realizing that I wasn't able to swim uh, without knowing how deep the water was. Then something happened. I'm sorry, but I don't remember what it was. But that changed my mindset. I stopped considering my portfolio as a collection of all the things I've done and started to consider it as an expression of who I have become. 
And with this new mindset and perspective, I started to realize, yes, it's true, most of my projects were bad. But the projects of my last years were the best ones. So my past projects weren't showing me what type of designer I was, but how I became a better designer. And yes, it's true, most of my projects didn't show who I wanted to be, but the last ones were showing who I was becoming. They showed me that I was testing my new UX skills, even if I was playing mainly the role of visual designers on projects, because that's what was required by that organization. And actually, these confirmed me that to be a UX designer, I needed to leave. I needed new, more and better learning opportunities. And it's this attitude that brought me months later to get my first job as a UX designer in a startup. I didn't hide or made up things in my portfolio. I would just show in what I was doing, even if I was a visual designer. And I do remember that during the interview, that thing was questioned and I could confidently and honestly answer, yes, on these projects, I wasn't a UX designer and none of these projects show that I can take the process end to end but I tested each phase of the process on different projects. And this is what makes me now confident that I can handle the whole process end to end. And this is why I'm confident that I will be able to do it if you give me this job. And they gave me the job. So this mindset helped me be aware of my strengths and my areas of improvement so that I could be honest with the interviewer, but also with myself on what I was able to do in the past, but most of all, on what I was able to become. Since then, I never stopped updating my portfolio, even when I didn't want to leave from a job. And yes, it might have looked like I wanted to leave, but my online presence can also attract talent to my organization. That happened, for example, when I was mentoring online and people reached out to know more about it. But also, to be straightforward, if my employer doesn't trust me when I say that I don't want to leave, if my employer is not happy when I celebrate how good for me it is to work with them, or if for my employer the only way to keep me there is to force me to hide my value to others, it means that our relationship has a bigger problem, no matter whatever I do with my portfolio. So you might ask, what about confidentiality and intellectual property? Parts of this mindset also brought me to realize that I don't need to show what I've done in the past, but how that shows what I can do in the future. This means that many times, even if I don't show much about the project, I can still communicate what I need to communicate. But also, not all the stories need to be ready to be read. I don't update my public portfolio all the time. I also have a private portfolio, where I collect stories to be told in a confidential environment, or to have them ready for whenever it will be possible to share them in a public way. But most of all, the purpose of the private portfolio is to help me mindfully pay attention to what I've done without worrying about the fact that somebody will be able to see it. Before, I told you that the problem with our attitude with portfolios and CVs is that we update them only when we need to find a new job. But what I'm suggesting you to do is to not consider it as something that needs to be public and shared with others. 
but something private that you use to be mindfully aware and in control of your career path and personal growth. Just like a gratitude journal. For me, taking the time to update my portfolio means taking the time to reflect on what I learned, be grateful of the opportunity I was given, and celebrate what I have done. Also, by intentionally and mindfully removing an old project from my portfolio, because that past project has become not good enough to show how much better I will be able to do something similar in the future. And it's okay when you don't add new things in your portfolio, for three reasons. The first reason why it's okay to not add new things to your portfolio, it's because some projects, hobby or courses that you might end up doing, you just do them for the sake of doing them. Maybe in the future, you will understand why they fit whatever you are or whatever you have become, or maybe not, and that's okay. That, for example, happened to me with improvisation and with organizing creative mornings. That's something that wasn't in my CV in the past. And then after a while, I realized how that could be part of the narrative to share with others or what I was doing or what I can do. But many of the things never end up there, which links with the second reasons why it's okay when you don't add new things in your portfolio. Is that, as I said before, it's okay if not everything ends up on your public website where you showcase your professional career. I have different portfolios. I have a public website. I have a private PDF, the one I mentioned before. I have an Instagram account. I have Medium posts. I have LinkedIn and a notepad. And you can do whatever suits you, like a Word document or a collage on your wall or whatever. You should look about your portfolio as a spectrum of things that you use. There is one end of the spectrum where you have things that are for others. You do have an audience and you need to understand how to tell them a story or what you're capable of. And then there is the other end of the spectrum, which is just for you. Something that you use to be grateful, mindful and learn and reflect on what you've done. But also there are some portfolios that are on the middle of the spectrum. Some are publicly shared and they give a little bit less formal image of who you are as a professionist. You might have another portfolio that you use to share things only to a small and private audience, for example, your mentor or your teammates, your company. And then you might have some public portfolios where actually it's not clear who you are. Your identity is secret, so that people cannot see the connection to your professional career. The third reason why it's okay when you don't add new things to your portfolio is that the goal is not updating it, but deciding whether to update it. Because it becomes a way to be mindful of whether you are building the story that you will tell in the future. For example, I always wanted to manage and lead others, to help them grow and impact. But multiple times, by looking at my portfolio, I realized I wasn't getting the learnings, the opportunities, to actually build that confidence and to tell that story in the future. So I designed what to do. As a freelancer, I decided to create them by becoming a teacher. As employed, I asked my employees to help me become a mentor, coach, and manage others. And when I felt that that was not good enough, I started mentoring online. Yes, maybe with time, by just doing my job, I was, will get the experience to show that I was good to do my job and get a promotion and become a manager. 
but I'm sure I would have felt far less confident. And that's because many times people get promoted with the assumption that that means that you're going to be able to support and mentor and inspire people that do that job. That's something that also Simon Sinek talks about. On the show notes that you can find on designingconfidence.com, you can find the link on an amazing talk he gave. But he says that people that are expert in the job they're doing, but they're not expert in being in charge of people that do that job, end up micromanaging. Because they need to feel in charge of the work they're doing. And the way I managed to avoid that in my career is by being aware and in control of my portfolio and what career narrative it was creating, all the learnings it was giving me, so I could build the creative confidence to move from being able to design to enable others to design. In confidence, I have a final reason why it's okay to not update your portfolio. Is that like everything else, too much of something hurts. Remember the beginning of this story. I started using my portfolio to manage your mental health. When I started to be aware of how my projects, my story, and my portfolio were already impacting on my mental health. And that's just what I did. Your might be a different story. Make sure that updating doesn't become an obsession, something that you're dependent from, and get angry about. Remember that mindfully updating your portfolio means giving yourself the opportunity to be mindfully aware and in control of who you are, and mindfully design if, when, and how to update your portfolio and plan what to do next. So it's more like Simba from The Lion King when he looks into his image inside the pond and he could hear Mufasa saying, Remember, design who you are. Look at your portfolio, Simba. You are more than what you have become. Remember. I'm pretty sure Mufasa said something like that in the Lion King. So start to mindfully design your portfolio, or whatever you will use in a public or a private way, to be mindfully aware and in control of what you do, become and will be. I will talk more about portfolio in future episodes, so subscribe. Meanwhile, you can reach out if you need any support with yours, or if you have any questions. Go to designingconfidence.com, there you can see how to contact me, and also find links to relevant resources and people I found inspiring for this and other talks. Remember that what I talk about here does not represent any of my former or current employees, but in some show notes they deserve at least a thank you. And if you found this inspiring, please leave a review and share this podcast. Tell people why you think this podcast helped your creative confidence. Become someone else's safe space to talk about these topics and to find support in building their creative confidence. Because if you got this far, I'm sure you're a great listener, which I thank you for. And now it's time for me to shut up so that you can listen to your thoughts after this episode. And remember to thank yourself for the time you spent to learn and grow. 